And welcome back. I'm Robert Barham. This is the Robert Barham Show, and we are talking with a wonderful guest and friend of mine today. She is a life coach, a special life coach, actually, a special kind and very different sort of life coach. Her name is Terry Christine. Terry, welcome. Hi, Robert. Thank you. I really am honored and uh, very grateful for this opportunity. Well, I'm happy to have you on today. I wanted to ask you, um, when you say that you're a really different kind of life coach, what does that mean precisely? What does it really mean to say that? So I work in the subconscious space of the energy. So I'm an intuitive energy healer. And so when I'm do, working through a client who I'm coaching, so it is a form of life coaching. However, I'm using the energy that's held within the physical body to interpret what their limiting beliefs are that were created and limiting beliefs are usually created before the age of seven between a caregiver such as your mom and your dad and the interaction that you had. So, but I have honed my skills over the past 13 years to connect into the energy of uh, one of my clients and I can determine uh, where they picked up this limiting belief, as I said, usually between a, a caregiver. Uh, or it can be someone else or something else. And you can even have a God limiting belief. And then I can tell you how old you were. And I can actually go over the story and tell you I see a story in my mind. I will um, interpret what I'm seeing and then bring it to your present state where you are and why you're struggling in the life that you're struggling and then put the pieces of your puzzle together. So I'm not really talk therapy. A more energy therapy. <laughs> it's, it's like you're going closer to the source or deeper and cl much, much more directly to where the origin of the issue is. Is that, was that accurate to say that? Yeah. So, you know, it's just like when you go to the doctor and you have a pain in your foot and, you know, they'll, they might give you um, anti-inflammatory or a painkiller to cover it up. Well, I'm not about covering it up. I'm about revealing it. So I take the shovel in the energy space of who you are. And then I can tell you the details wrapped around that so that you understand you're connecting to the feeling of what has happened. And then I will help energetically shift it from your subconscious so you're not constantly living in lack or fear or frustration or doubt. Um, there are outcomes to the end result of what I create, and the outcomes are the positive end result of what you're looking for. Well, now, for some people, that is probably music to their ears. And for other folks, that might be kind of out there in the unknown. And that's another reason why I was hoping that we could talk today, because with circumstances as they are, with the, um, the coronavirus and this lockdown that the, the United States and the planet, most of the globe has been experiencing much of it. There has been a lot of fear of the unknown. Would you agree with that? I'm sorry, Robert, you froze. I didn't hear you. Okay. You agree that there's probably been a lot of fear of the unknown? Uh, so yeah, that's why people struggle is that 
they feel like they need to see things in order to understand them, gives them a greater sense of control, or they need to understand why they're feeling like they're feeling. And that's why I work within the subconscious space. If we were all conscious of our subconscious, then we wouldn't be triggered by these feelings. We would understand that, oh, when I was five years old, dad came home and he was very angry. And at that time I was drawing a picture and I wanted him to see the picture and he hollered at me. And so I have to work harder to be seen. And so then you bring this to your present state and then you find that you're the one at work who's doing all the extra help around the office as the team player. However, before you know it, you're taking over everybody's projects to help them. And then you keep asking yourself, why do I keep doing that? It's because when you were five, your dad was angry and you felt like you needed to, to work harder to be seen or heard. And so that now becomes part of what others would call my personality when it truly isn't. It's what, what you owned at that interaction between your parent and now it's in your subconscious and then you're living life from the subconscious state. So when you say it's something that you owned, you mean it's something that like you identified with as a child. It's not who you are, but it's something that you took on as a, as a belief or a set of beliefs. Yeah, or what you're choosing to say to yourself. So here you are again, five years old, dad came home, was angry from work, but you happen to be the one closest when he opened the door. And then he says, I'm too busy right now. Oh, dad, I have this picture. I'm too busy. I'll be right with you. And then he forgets to come back. So now here you are, child. The difference between a child mind and your adult mind. The child mind doesn't have the experience as adult. With a child mind, with each breath we take, we are creating those experiences. And so if the child is experiencing that with dad, that I'm not heard or seen, then the child has to decide, am I to blame? What have I done? Am I not working hard enough? Does he not love me? And so then a child decides based on those questions that they're asking themselves, now, again, not as the adult, but the child, what have I done? Then the child says, ooh, I think I need to work harder. Hey, dad, let me rub your feet. Hey, dad, can I get you something to drink? Hey, dad, come to the table. It's, it's dinner time. Can I help you? So then the child starts doing those things to be heard and to be seen. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So... We're in, if I, if I do understand correctly, you're in childhood and you make up, you generate a story and you buy the story in a sense. And the story in a sense kind of hypnotizes you to believe in a kind of reality that isn't necessarily who you are. It may not necessarily be how it is, but it's one that you end up playing out and living out um, from your childhood into your adulthood. That's sort of what it sounds like a little bit to me. A little bit, but I wouldn't call it hypnotizing you. <laughs> it's the experience you're really living. It's your reality, right? Sure. But it's what you are interpreting that reality to be when you're a child. Now think about it. You're an adult. And if your dad comes home and he's angry, you'll say, dad, get over it. <laughs> or dad, what can I do? Here's a, cup, here's a beer or a glass of water. You know, or let's sit down and talk about it. Where a child will immediately think, what have I done? You see? And then it becomes part of something that you would magically graduate or graduate to thinking that I've done something. 
So now how can I make it better as a child? So in the child's mind thinking, oh, I'll just be more present. I'll help. I'll, I'll, you know, do what I can to make him happy. Yeah, I'm thinking of, um, of an example that I was told by someone that was sort of an example of that kind of magical thinking of childhood where she was um, sitting on her father's lap. He was a smoker and the mother was in the kitchen and they were conversing. And then what happened is she asked him to move his hand uh, away so she didn't uh, so he didn't burn the daughter accidentally and she said it three times and um, long story short what happened is on the third time he erupted in anger um, when actually what the mother was attempting to do was keep her daughter safe and the husband had had other things going on and when he erupted in anger it frightened the daughter and the daughter who was about six years old at the time said to herself what did I do to make that happen? What did I do to, to create that? And that belief really did follow her into her adulthood, into a series of um, complex beliefs and behavioral patterns that she brought into her relationships. Mm -hmm. Pleasing everyone. How does a person then with that said, and that's the work, part of the work you do, which is to help to shift and change that and improve that. How does a person, how do they get out of their head? Mm -hmm. So first off, being mindful of what you're thinking. There's so many things going on in a person's life. And you, know, you could list them all from um, career and children and health and parents that you might have to be taken care of as they're getting older. And it's constantly placing you in an environment that's outside of yourself. You seem to forget that you, you were hungry, you hadn't eaten all day because you were taking care of everyone else. Or, you know, you were emotional and you don't know why, but you pushed it off because the children are around, you have to take care of them first. But you're addressing everyone else's needs before you address your own. So when you are present, slowing down the mind of what is going on around you, I'm not talking about spending an hour in a corner oming or chanting or even journaling. I'm simply saying there are moments in your life that you can slow down the brain and just clear all the thoughts. Right. While you're in the shower, brushing your teeth, putting your clothes on, making your bed. There are little pockets and windows of opportunity. Most of the time people are thinking, what am I going to make for dinner? What's for lunch? What project? What deadline? What do the children need? But there are moments that are for you that you can just clear the mind and you can ask before you clear it. What's in store for me today? How is my day going to look? I am fully rested and feeling ready and willing and able to go today. And then when you're saying those things, even though you may be tired, your subconscious will shift. And yes, you are fully rested. Yes, you are energized. And a thought will gravitate into your mind. You'll think it, thinking you put it there, but you didn't. And then that's your answer if you're fully present to receive that answer, meaning your mind is clear and you hear or see or feel and you take guided action on that. I see. So you can, using mindfulness practices, you can clear your mind much more easily than a lot of people might think. And you can do it as a, it sounds like you could take it on as a nice habit during the course of your, in, of your given day. 
That's right. Uh, there are sometimes I walk the walk and talk to talk, but there are sometimes that there's so many things that I'm doing for um, either social media, my career, clients, um, you know, radio shows, I do TV. I mean, I, there's I have my deadlines and, and then before I know it, the whole day's gone by and I haven't even allowed any thoughts to come in or clear my own mind. So there are moments, like I said, that I just slow down don't ask myself anything. Don't, you know, don't put anything in there. There's nothing to think about. I might start with what's in store into this project. Well, you know, help me understand, help me see, help me know. And then I'll just clear my mind. And then I'll, if I'm in the shower, I'll go about my business. I don't have to think about putting the soap on my body. We all know that it magically, we just do it. So then I just clear the mind. And then thoughts will come in, answers to what I'm at seeking. And then there's, it's almost like having a buddy right next to you that is helping answer the questions that you seek. But it's all within. I see. So what if um, that seems to be a way that you can see things differently? Does that make sense? Uh, is that accurate to say that's a, that engaging in a mindfulness practice like that will allow you to see things differently? Or are there other ways that someone can go about seeing things differently? Because some people can, if they're not comfortable with the unknown, they can, they can feel comfortable with being in control. So what if someone says, I feel comfortable being in control? I yeah, I get that quite often with people. And if you're finding that I want an end result to look like, and then you fill in the blank, then you're limiting yourself to allowing what you want to be supersized more than that end result. A good example, I want a $100 raise. Why couldn't you get a $250 raise? Why couldn't you get a big bonus with the raise? Why couldn't you get a job promotion? You see, I, let me, I just, I get flashes and things. I read an article or a story and it was about God reminiscing about talking to someone who was asking for a donkey and he kept praying to God, send me a donkey, send me a donkey. This donkey will help me get from this little town to the other town so I can take my goods to sell. Send me a donkey, please God, send me a donkey. And then God responds, I would love to send you a donkey. However, why aren't you asking for a Ford truck? You can get there faster, quicker, and in a split. And so when I read that, I thought, wow, that's pretty funny how he was focusing specifically on what he thought he knew or his environment. So if his environment was that um, he, you know, again, the environment financial, he may not have any money in the bank. He may only have enough to buy an animal that could help him versus a truck or a vehicle. So then he's only specifically asking for what he knows within his environment. So if he would have asked for something even bigger, allowing whatever to happen to transform and take place, then you're allowing yourself for some, the end result to be even bigger or greater. Then it's a, it's a little, it sounds a little bit like, um, this or something even better or bigger yeah so you know like work too like i was saying you know if you 
want to raise, what would it take for, and again, asking the universe in question form, what will it take? So what will it take to supersize my abundance? What will it take to know that I am valuable and to receive all that it is that I truly want and desire to help myself and my friends and family? What will it take to live a lifestyle that's with ease and grace? So you see, I'm not pinpointing $100 or $250. I'm pinpointing the feeling of what it would feel like to have that extra income to be able to know that you can have it and feel the feeling of having more ease and grace in your life. When you have more money, things are more easier. Well, you know, there's, there is this space of the, how can we say it? I remember someone drawing a diagram one time and I thought was really helpful. They said that it's like a pie chart and the pie chart had uh, what you know. And then another section was what you don't know. And then the third section was, what you don't know, you don't know. And many times we think that what we know is quite a lot. But when you compare what you know to what you don't know, what you don't know is quite vast. And then when you compare that to what you don't know that you don't know, that's enormous. And to me, it sound, it's that, that whole area outside of what you know is the unknown. And it sounds like what you're saying is that the unknown has a tremendous amount of possibility in it that could be quite positive. And That's quite right. That's right. And the key part to living into the unknown is to trust in the unknown. So when you have an end result that you're seeking and you're focusing on the feeling of the end result, when you're feeling it and living in the feeling, how could the end result not occur when you already feel like you're at the end result? But what you constantly do, and I say you, meaning the listeners, and, and this is what we're trained to do, is that we have to write the goal, we have to see the goal, we have to have action on the goal, and the actions have to be measurable actions and taught actions. However, an action can be a thought that shifts the energy into the outcome of the end result. And when we allow ourselves to trust what we think, feel into what we think, know without a doubt that we feel what we want, meaning abundance, love, excitement, adventure, happiness, joy, perfect health, balance, you know, all those, when you're feeling those things, we're living those things. So to biohack your life, feel it and know that your life is in it. You'll hear me say many times that I'm honored and grateful to be where I am. I'm truly grateful for everything that I have and I have everything that I know that I need now. I do. But what, and then some people say, well, I don't know what I need. Well, because I trust that I need what I need when, I, when it's presenting itself. And if I don't have it in the time it's presented, then I just focus on what it is that's being presented if I don't have it. And uh, may it be uh, a new car. My old car broke down. Let's talk about vehicles because that seems to be the topic right now in my mind. That... Uh, 
you know, we all work around what, how can we get from point A to point B in the simplest and easiest way? So it might be um, having to take an Uber or a cab or a bus or whatever, however we get from point A or Metro, point A to point B. And then during that time, we're like, okay, this is getting me there. I've solved that solution. Now I want to solve the solution of having the vehicle that I had. I have to get the other one fixed. I could sell the old, get the new one. You know, see what I'm saying? It's, it's just, it's a simple process, but not one that has to be, and, and probably a lot of listeners going, well, that seems easy. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you're thinking it first, right? Uh-huh. So then you have to take it beyond what you already uh, feel, but don't know. So I told people, what if you had a million dollars in the bank? What would that feel like? A million dollars to me feels like spontaneity. It feels comforting. I feel supported. I feel um, that I can do whatever I want. So I feel more in control, right? There's no fear. There's no doubt, right? That's all shoved out the door because of the support that I have in the energy of having that kind of money in the bank. So why can't you have that feeling first? And then know that everything that you're feeling will magnetize into what it is that you're truly wanting. So you're already feeling what you want. And then that's the magnet that moves you to the end result of having what you desire in a physical element or the experiences right in front of you. Does all that make sense? I think so. I mean, again, I think it sounds similar. Most of us think that if I do this, then I'll get this. And then I will feel that. So mm-hmm. if, I, if I do this action and make this money, then I'll be able to get this car and then I'll go ahead and feel this particular way. And it sounds like part of what you're saying is start at the end, begin at the end and feel the feeling first before you, because the first way, you end up sort of creating a cause and effect change that may not necessarily be true or accurate. Start the other way and feel it first. Begin from there. Is that That's like- right. That's right. Because if you start the old way, <laughs> the old paradigm of, you know, I want a car, I have to do this, do that, right? Moving into those steps that we're all taught, then we're setting ourselves up for failure because what we're doing is kind of forcing that which we are trying to create to get to that end result without, and then doubting it along the way. Am I ever going to make that amount of money? Can I do that? How long is it going to take me? I'll have to work five years to get that amount of money to save, or I'll have to get a credit card. I might not be approved for. So you're already doubting. You see the questions of doubt. When if you're already living in the space of feeling that I got this, I have nothing to worry about. I know that I'm loved and supported. I know that I am moving and living in that space of my reality that I have everything I need and more. I find when I do it that I have endless clients, that my phone rings all the time. I get referrals. They see me on radio and TV or hear me on radio, see me on TV. They find my websites, but I'm not... um, doing things like, all right, um, 
calling all my clients and saying, I'll give you whatever, uh, whatever to, if you give me five referrals, I'm not doing that. What I am doing is providing the end result of what people are wanting, which is more ease and grace, getting out of frustration, letting go of the past, feeling more in, in who they are by clearing their subconscious space. And then in turn, they're living the true life that they want and desire. And then they're going, oh my God, I worked with this person. Because then it becomes an automatic referral. Or someone will pick up, what will it take for me to have endless clients, paying clients to come to me for energy and healing work? And my phone rings. It really, truly is like that. Now, I have a lot of people that come to me when I, they hear me on the radio and say, well, I've done that, and that doesn't happen for me. Well, if you've already been living, here's a perfect example. You're living in an apartment, and you've been living there, and you want to move. The apartment is too small. Well, first off, you have a lease. Then you have to you know, um, pack, and you have to find a new place. So see, there are certain things you have to do in order to get your new apartment. Well, there's certain things you have to do in your energy that will get you to the new end result, meaning you have to trust, you have to live in truth, you have to take guided action on it, you have to um, visualize, right? You see the end result. You have to feel that it's already there. You have to trust that it is happening. You have to live in the complete essence of gratitude that it is happening. And so there are some people that will start doing that and do it for a week, it's not working. Or do it for a couple hours, it's not working. Or do it for an hour and, oh, I got busy and I haven't done it for weeks. You know, because of the old patterns. So if you create this as a lifestyle, and then you can see how your entire life starts to shift and change without having to write organizational charts, without having to do what you were doing uh, with the old patterns, you can trust more and more of the state of being where that you are creating it with your feelings, what you're thinking, how you can move energy within the thought process of who you are. Does that make sense? I believe so. Now, well, so to play uh to be contrary for a moment you'd say you have someone come to you who's interested in possibly working with you and that person just flat out says um things never go my way right what, what how do you approach that yeah i've had that happen to me <laughs> so first what I do is I would immediately connect into their energy and tell them the age of when they created the limiting block that is making them feel like things never change. And then I'll tell them the story. And then I will tell them um, how that story is affecting them to keep living on that merry-go-round, that never ending, never getting off, that things never go my way. I had a client yesterday and I connected, it was a 30 minute phone call. She says, I am 54 years old and the story you just said happened and I cannot believe, and it's the, she was saying that, but it was like a shock, not, a, not something that didn't happen when she said, I cannot believe. But 
I can't believe that it's, this is really, it's resonating that this is what is holding me back. You are absolutely right. She said that I haven't thought of that story and because of what happened then and now why I'm so frustrated now, I can see and feel because she, as I was sharing the story, she did not tell me the story. I tell my clients the story. Then she says, I can feel and see how now that truly is affecting me. And now I got it. So sometimes it's really about putting someone's pieces together, but they can remember the story. All I have to do is pull it from the subconscious and share it with them. And then other times I have to tell them the story. Then they start feeling it going, you know, I don't remember my childhood too much, but oh my God, I'm exactly like you're saying. So that resonates so well with me and I have got to do something about it. So I'll just clear it from the subconscious from there. So if you're the type of person that nothing has ever worked, have you ever worked with an intuitive? Have you ever had sound healing or, you know, many of the spiritual or energetic modalities? Because you can look at your experience, let's say in a relationship, you said, oh, I've told him this, or I told her that, or I did this, or I shifted that, nothing is working. Well, what does Edison say? You're... Um, you know that you haven't failed unless you've done it a hundred thousand times or something like that. Uh, so you just have to be open enough and go within and find where you can shift enough to where it does work. But when you're working with or by yourself, I was just talking to another um, a coach uh, right before this call, and we we agree, which is 100% true, that a coach cannot work on themselves because the coach, is, as they work on themselves, is working within their subconscious. So can the coach connect to their subconscious themselves? Eh, not necessarily. Most of the time, no. Unless they quiet their mind deep enough, meditate deep enough, they might be pulling up some things but they still may not be able to put their pieces of their puzzle together. So it's not that anyone is doing anything wrong. It's just very difficult for you individually to connect your own subconscious to put your pieces of your puzzle together. You so work, I'd like, go ahead. You work with the, you, it sounds like you have the wisdom to choose to work with people yourself to help you too. Absolutely. You know, the first time I heard another coach say, I'm good. I don't need that. I, my eyes rolled. <laughs> I'm like, really? You're so, you know, we're all perfect in our own way. However, we are all a work in progress until our last breath. You have lived a life from the moment even before you came out of the womb, you can create limiting beliefs while you're still in the womb, depending on what is going on outside of, you know, that the physical body where you were in with your mother. Your mom and dad could have been arguing about money. They could have been in a war-torn country. I've had several clients come to me. They don't feel safe and they don't know why in the world. Well, they were cocooning while they were, you know, um, coming into the world of living with a bunch of fear from their parents 
of their own survival and bringing a child into, into the world to survive also. And that's why the child can pick up not feeling safe in the world. So yes, absolutely. Every single person uh, has limiting beliefs within their subconscious and they're not going to be able to connect to it. So yes, reach out. I'm the first one. Yep, me. <laughs> yeah, I, learned, I really enjoy working with other practitioners. It's really helpful for me, for my own growth, and also to be able to remind me to take the perspective of someone who is a coachee or a client. What about if you've got the, uh, someone who comes in, so you, you've worked with the person who says, things never go my way. What about the person who said, well, I've tried everything, everything, nothing works. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you do with that person, with that, that client? Obviously, they want to work with you, and some, to some degree, they're there and they're talking to you, but what do you say? What mm-hmm. do, you, do you do the same thing, something different? What, what, what is it? You know, when someone says that, I give them a little taste. I say, okay, give me a minute. Like within seconds, I'll say, okay, you have a limiting belief with, with dad, and this is what I see. This is how old. So I'll, I'll start telling them the subconscious part. and then there's silence because I've been doing the work for over 13 years that I'm very accurate because of the, all the years of practicing. And then they are silent. They're like, wow, how'd you know that? <laughs> so what it's telling me is that when I can pull up something that they may not have thought of or they have, and they might be angry over or still holding the story wrapped around it, I can share it with them without them telling me and then give them another way of seeing things differently so that they can say, you're right, or no, I haven't done everything. Because we, we don't do everything. There are things that we, we're only thinking in the conscious state, right? So as you and I are talking, this is our conscious state. As people are listening, this is their conscious state. But what I, when I'm talking and you feel something, that's your subconscious state talking now. Uh-huh. It's like being the triggered part. So if no one has ever triggered your subconscious state, or to give you, like I call it, a tweak, or go, ooh, that's resonating, or ooh, I don't like what she's saying, or man, she's talking right to me. I'm talking to your subconscious state. So in that case, there is where if you allow yourself to say, okay, on the exterior, I've tried everything, but I can't connect to my subconscious. So let me try an alternative way to be able to say, I want peace. I want abundance. I want more fun and adventure and love. And that if someone can connect in that space, and I'm here, ready, willing, and able because I want peace. And that's truly what it's all about. So if you haven't worked with an intuitive or sound healer or, you know, acupuncturist, I mean, they're so, even acupuncture, yes, they work with the subconscious state because the body holds limiting beliefs. I find them all the time when I put hands on people. I can find a limiting belief in the hip because hips represent support. And then I'll share the story and, and they're like, wow, right. Because that's just where they hold certain things. Shoulders are a perception of burden. Feet are moving forward. 
ankle is um, the support of moving forward. So different parts of the body hold different limiting beliefs. And then subconsciously, I just connect also if you're remote and not in the metropolitan area. So, you know, there's no time and space with energy. So, you know, an intuitive can work with people all over the world, not just face to face. So no one has done everything. No one. So you might have worked with an intuitive, but you may not have worked with uh, a shaman or like I go back to sound healing. They're amazing. Uh, or any acupuncture, you know, those kind of things. It's all energy. So there are different ways and different varieties and modalities that you can try. Again, it's putting the pieces of your puzzle together. I always suggest to people, if it resonates with you, then jump in with two feet. Because if I'm talking directly to you, I'm resonating with your soul. If you think that I'm, you know, a little woo-woo, that's okay too. I love you. I honor you. I'm just not resonating with you. However, you will find someone who does, and they will shift your entire world. No, we've been discussing quite a bit about the kind of work that you do and sharing with the listeners some information that I know can be really helpful. Um, working with the child the inner child, and healing the subconscious child. What if uh, you've got a client who comes in, let's say, and they say to you, well, what I remember is my childhood was amazing. I, I had a, I mean, I don't understand all this stuff you're talking about. It was an amazing childhood. That has happened quite often with me. And the perfect story I can share, there was this woman in her 30s and she came to me. She said, I struggle with all of my intimate relationships and I don't understand. My father was perfect. I said, okay, let's dig deep. So in my mind's eye, as I connected to her energy, I saw a young child run to the door when her dad came home. He traveled quite often and was gone extensively. But when he came home, he was perfect in every way. All the attention went on her. He showered her with attention. He got on the floor, spoke to her, played games, was drawing with her until it got to the point where he says, okay, now it's dad's time. And she honored it, respected it. He was reading his paper. Sometimes he would allow her to continue to play. They'd play peeky-boo around the, the paper that he was holding, the newspaper, so he could catch up with what was going on in his community. And that went on for her childhood till her teenage years as he interacted with her and created the solid child that she was and in business and um, dealing with relationships with men, you would think. And now here she is 30 years old. And so what she has done is she will manifest a partner. He will be attentive. He'll text her regularly. He'll call her. He'll tell her she love, he loves her. And what? how she responds? No, you don't. Or you're not here for me. You're not present for me. You're not, you're not calling me enough. But what is enough? What she has been trying to do is recreate the unconditional love that she, her father and her had. And so now with every relationship she brings in, she sabotages them. 
it's not enough because she's trying to put her hands around the feeling that her dad created. But she had the perfect childhood. It was what she was recreating that's sabotaging. This is happening quite often that I've seen in relationships, um, not just sabotaging, but trying to recreate what they want and what they had in a childhood, and they can take it a little over and push it to create it, and then that causes many problems. Would you say that one of the genders tends to do it more than another gender, or is it that both genders do that, both men and women do it, I mean, equally so? Equally so, depending on their upbringing, right? So um, most of the people that come to me, you know, they, they really don't have perfect childhoods, you know? We come in in the body of a child, babies, needing unconditional love, protection from the environment, nurturing and nourishment. And sometimes some of those are a little weak. There may not be unconditional love. There might be a lot of conditions. There may not be as much food, right? And so if somebody has a perfect childhood, it's not that often. Or they might have a perfect dad and not so great a mom. That happens quite often too. And I can still pick up limiting beliefs within the perfect parent, even though consciously the client is saying, no, it's my mom because my dad was perfect. But I'm picking up all the limiting beliefs within dad. Because what can also happen is that you want to be seen because dad was seeing you so that you create extra work for yourself to be seen, right? And so there's a lot of things, depending on the child, what they decide. And again, doesn't mean if it's a man or a woman, what you choose in that experience that now becomes part of your subconscious. Well, now, what can I really in the long run over time, let's say that I decide to, I or someone contacts you and they decide to really do this work. What can they expect to happen if they truly face their past and they heal the subconscious child? What are some of the things that they can look to happening? More like, than, you know, is there more than what you've, you've shared with me right now? Yeah, I can, you know, reflect back on many, many, many thousands of clients. One right off my bat, she was saying, uh, you know, I went to work and the person that I was frustrated the most doesn't bother me anymore. Nothing has changed. He still does the same thing, but I don't feel so angry anymore. So they can be subtle, yet very profound shifts in your life. I had another woman who desired a new relationship was so tired and hanging on to the old one, so drastically wanted. Shifted, shifted, shifted. She went on vacation. Lo and behold, she meets someone who's in her very backyard in another country. So she manifested her new partner while she was on vacation, and he lives right here close to her. So it, those things can happen too. And no, that is not a random coincidence. That is what we helped her manifest, meaning we as in my client, her, and I. We shifted the limiting beliefs that she can't have what she wants. She was able to create what she wanted while she was on vacation. There have been people that struggle with money and then get you know, promotions 
or here's a good one, get fired and then hired at a higher salary, closer to home and a better job with better, well, what they consider better people. They mean work well with them um, and their personalities. So it, those are the things, they can be profound or they can be very simple. But what we're all asking for is happiness. And most people will experience a sense of feeling lighter, that's a, a good word I hear a lot, free, uh, less stressed, uh, more in control. And isn't that funny? We feel like we're controlling our life, but the more we let go of the past allows us to feel more present and connected in what we want and who we are, which allows us to feel like we're in control. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I think feel more empowered in that, in that as one works on healing the subconscious child, you're healing that relationship. That's like a primary relationship with oneself. And as you heal that relationship, all the other relationships in your life begin to improve as well. It sounds like that's sort of what you're saying, where your relationship with work or your relationship with friends or your relationship with family or your relationship with a romantic partner, that as you continue to heal the subconscious child, those relationships heal and grow and improve as well. Is that, is that say, uh, accurate to a certain degree? Yeah, most definitely. If you have had, you know, a parent who was um, very restrictive, meaning they were concerned about you and where you are. So their restrictions are be quiet, sit down next to me, don't get out of my sight. You can't go outside and play. I'm working so from home and I'm working. So you have to stay indoors so they won't let the child go outside without them. They won't let the kid run around and play. You know, there's, there, it, there have been quite a few of my clients who have come to me like that. And then they feel like they get angry when people try to control them or tell them what to do or restrict them from getting what they want in the end. And they get very angry because they are feeling the same feeling that the parent who restricted them, again, the subconscious state, and now the feelings of others around them controlling them or telling what to do is bringing it up. So when you heal and let go of feeling restricted from your parent, then you don't feel like others are telling you what to do so that you're living in the state of who you really want to be versus the subconscious of the of the feelings that you had when you were little i see well now do you have the experience with some clients where they have an impression of themselves where they are just identified with well i am the way that i am that's how i am a little bit like the Popeye syndrome. I am, I am, I am how I, I am. I am who I am. I know, isn't that funny? I just heard that from a client the other day. <laughs> and I, I tell them, I said, well, how do, you, how do you think that you created the I am who I am? You know, and then again, I'll go into their subconscious. I'll tell them their story. I'll tell them, hey, this is why you are struggling with getting beyond being so um, 
some people would use the word hard-headed you know this is what happened this is why you had an interaction with you and your mom this is why you had that feeling and now this is why you feel like you can't move quicker because you have to wait and see it could be where a parent would say one thing and do something else you know and then the child here is hard-headed or procrastinating or don't move as quick on making decisions because there were so many things changing based on what a parent was saying and it wasn't ever the same end result so i help the people clients all of the ones listening that your personality is your experiences in your upbringing and so sometimes people will say well i work so hard to get what i want and then my coworker just says, I got it. I, this is what, this happened to me again. They make it sound so easy. How can they get there? Why are they doing it? Why do I work so hard? Well, again, your life, your childhood was totally different than someone else's childhood. They might have a, you know, a parent that taught this person how to do certain things, how to use their mind, how to trust more. You know, that's what I did teaching my two girls. And now my oldest, her life, it, she sees it as being more simple. She can manifest things easier and quicker and finds that she's more happier. Where my youngest daughter falls more toward her dad, where he had an organizational chart. You had to fight and work hard and sweat to get the job done. So she's constantly working and feeling like, why is it so much easier for my sister. So even though for they were from the same parents, my, my children, that they're two separate children that decided two separate things to, to honor <laughs> what they felt resonated with that parent. My youngest wanted to be closer to the dad. So in her closeness and her choice of being closer, she took on lots of his traits. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. And there are, do you have the, the, ex, the experience or have you had the clients or people that you work with who, who just plain flat out feel like uh, nothing ever changes? They take on that story and, and uh, set of beliefs? Yeah. You know, when they come to me like that, they have a certain tone in their voice. They walk with their body sort of um, a little lower, like their shoulders and their move forward a little bit. And you can tell they feel defeated. And, but they want to believe without a doubt that nothing works and nothing will. And when they do, it's rare that this individual comes to me because they might be referred by somebody that had a success story with me. And they say they've tried everything and they haven't. They're not open to hear uh, what I am and can connect to. Because again, I'll give them a little piece of the pie, you know, I'll tell them, you know, in their subconscious state, this is what's happened. This, and then they'll say, yeah, that happened, but I don't see that. So they'll acknowledge that what I told them was accurate. However, they won't, don't want to deny that that can and was part of why they struggle. They choose to not want to acknowledge it because sometimes people feel Again, their upbringing, that things have to be really hard in order to get to the good. 
You have to struggle. You have to cause things to be hard in order to stand back and say, I did it. I got it. I'm successful. Now, where's the next hard one so I can be successful again? I'm the one who's creating this. Uh, believe me, there are several people out like that, that that hold on to this. I'm the survivor and I keep doing this almost as if they have to prove themselves over and over again. Again, childhood upbringing, depending on were their parents in a survival mode? Was the dad? Were there's a lack of money? Were they struggling moving from apartment to apartment? You know, were they living with other family members? Lots of lack. That's that kind of stuff. Interesting. Well, Terry, I, um, I think that what you've had to say today is really just fascinating. And it's interesting because you can, you can talk about um, this developmental work, which is healing the subconscious child and healing yourself and really learning to be comfortable uh, with the unknown by trusting it. And it sounds like it would end up being a major shift in a person's life. And you work with clients every day, just about, and you have clients that you've been working with for many years around the world. Is If someone is interested in uh, getting a hold of you, wants to talk with you, wants to work with you, that kind of thing, um, do you have something like a, a book that you've written that someone can find or anything like that? Yeah, Robert, thank you. Actually, I have it right here. <laughs> so I have written a book, The Secret Power of You, A Guide to Mastering Your Inner Greatness. Um, that helps you see your limiting beliefs. There's simple yet profound techniques in there because I do teach intuitive development. So how to see your limiting belief, how to shift them out, and how to move into the space that you want your end result to look like. And I am found on many different platforms. I have been on Bravo. I have been on Hay House Radio. I have been on all the telesummits and podcasts pretty much out there. Um, you know, the Beyond the Ordinary show. Um, I mean, there's, there's several others, but... I do all of these to show that there are alternative ways to heal from your past. So besides all of that, you can Google me, you know, find my website at terrychristine.com. I'm on, I have many um, YouTube videos, just a little short two to three minutes of how to help you overcome some things. I am on um, Facebook a lot. I'm on Instagram, on Twitter. So I'm, I'm on the major platforms just to help you see things differently and feel like you are gaining control of your happiness and letting your end result become your reality, which is true love, abundance, joy. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. I really appreciate the time that uh, we shared together today. And I hope that you will come back again so that we can have another conversation another wonderful interview and that we can uh, we can go deeper into this topic and some other topics i know that coaching is good work from my from my own work and from working with you and with other coaches i hope that you will uh, you'll come back soon how does that sound i would love to i always like to share what's out there what i've experienced personally and in, in business and and share the stories of clients because I want people to know that they're not alone. There are people feeling the same thing that you're feeling, experiencing it and knowing, even with what's going on with the virus. You know, as I said, I walked the walk, talked the talk. In the first three weeks, I was emotional. 
I was I kept hearing over and over, what's next? What's next? And knowing that I was picking up on the energies that were around the world and knowing that if I stayed calm and grounded and trusted that everything will work out for our best and highest good and know that we are in love, that we all can accomplish and move forward together. So thank you. I look forward to coming back. And um, I hope I resonated with many of you and you could reach out to me anytime. Very good. You've been listening to the Robert Barham show. I am Robert Barham. And today our guest was Terry Christine, intuitive life coach. Please tune in again soon when we have another wonderful guest. Take care. We'll talk again.